Father, I praise you for today. I thank you for your goodness. I thank you for your grace in this place. I thank you for a body of believers who loves you and loves one another. I thank you for your word that uh, never returns void and that is good uh, to encourage us, to exhort us, and to make us more like you through the application of it. So today, Father, I ask that you'd uh, work through me, you work in spite of me. Father, that your word would resound, your Holy Spirit would work in each and every believer's heart today, that we might learn um, how to be servant leaders in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So before I get started, I wanted to take a quick aside and say how grateful I am for all those who have invested in me and discipled me uh, through the years in various ways. Uh, one of those very important individuals is our very pastor here, uh, Jason Pauley, who um, is down south right now, uh, enjoying the wonders of the furniture world, um, but we'll be back soon. Uh, but I'm very thankful for how he's encouraged, counseled, and exhorted me in godliness through the years. Uh, I'm privileged that he asked me to take on this weighty task of preaching today um, and uh, to bring the word before God's people. Um, I'm also indebted to my teachers, um, professors who I've gleaned incredible truths from through my years of study. Uh, the sermon, in fact, largely comes from impactful teaching of an Old Testament professor at seminary that I had who walked through passages just like this one um, in Joshua and stressed the importance of preaching God's truth not only from the New Testament but from the Old Testament, which I think is something that we lose in churches today. I've been blessed by incredible teaching of great men like my professor, like Jason, and I'm honored to share biblical and gospel pointing truths that I've learned from uh, and that I would love to be able to share with you. So, today, my main point, what I want to get across, that I'll resound, and I'll work through, and I'll explain, and I'll apply, every Christian should be a servant leader prepared by God. As many of you know, this last week, um, I was reminded of this morning, talking to uh, my brother here. I ran the Mount Desert Island Marathon uh, last weekend, um, and I was able to raise support for uh, the Crisis Pregnancy Centers in uh, Rockland, uh, CareNet. I wanted to say thank you um, from the pulpit, um, uh, which I had the privilege to preach from today, um, for any prayer support, any financial support that any of you um, gave. And uh, incidentally, moving forward, if you'd like to give towards uh, CareNet, I would... <laughs> Take donations at any time to give, give towards them. It's a great, um, a great ministry to families uh, that are in need um, and families that are making very difficult choices in their life. Um, and CareNet's there to compassionately come alongside them, encourage them to value life and look to the gospel. Um, so I'm thankful for that um, for you guys. I actually had, there's a sign up in the back um, with a donation thing there. If you want to put anything in there, you're more than welcome to. Um, so this marathon that I ran the, this last Sunday um, was my first marathon, 
um, that I had been training for. Um, and I didn't know how to expect my body would react to 26.2 miles of running. Um, so what I did coming into the marathon was I decided to find a pace group. Um, and they had a pace leader. So they'd have certain times that you wanted to finish your race in. And you'd find the guy with the banner who was going to have his watch going, his GPS going, would stay on target for the whole race um, and lead that way. Um, so a pace runner, who's, who's this pace leader? He, he is someone who can run that pace that he's trying to finish the race in on a consistent basis and has run much faster than that uh, in the past. So they know he can do it. It's not like it was me, the, <laughs> the pace leader, which would have been awful uh, because we wouldn't have uh, met our pace. Um, but I, I found them. It was a community of people. They're running together. They're chatting. Um, and come to find out, yes, this was a slow pace for him. Though it was a screaming pace for me, it was a slow pace for him. Uh, he was taking this time uh, to lead by leading a group of people, not by leading the race. He was serving us by being our pace leader. Uh, at the end of the race, there was a, uh, also doctors, <laughs> you can maybe read two steps ahead of me right here, uh, who were there serving uh, selflessly, not taking any money. They could probably be making hundreds of dollars an hour uh, working in the ER and whatnot, but they were there serving the community. Um, and those doctors, uh, yours truly, got to meet one of them afterwards uh, because uh, uh, it was 26.2 miles. The first half was great. The second half, not so much. I kept on running. Um, uh, God, uh, a lot of prayer <laughs> during that run. Uh, God allowed me to finish uh, the race. Um, but that doctor didn't have to be there. He gave of his time to serve us, um, to make sure that we were okay. Um, at the end of the race, they did give us a barbecue, which was fantastic. I was thinking about that. It's Funny the things you think of when you're running, uh, especially that distance. I was thinking of barbecue and barbecue and a free soda and barbecue. And they were handing out gummy bears along the way, and I was taking every snack that they would give, these gels, this Gatorade, all this kind of stuff. Um, uh, but I did finish, got the Golden Claw. It, was, um, it worked out well. But I couldn't have done it um, and couldn't have recovered well from it uh, without the servant leadership of guys like our pace leader, even though I didn't keep up with him the whole time, uh, having that support and that servant leadership there and someone helping me with recovery. Uh, a quintessential example of a similar type of servant leadership, a greater type of servant leadership, um, can be seen in the pages of God's Word uh, in the book of Joshua. Um, so if you want to start thumbing through your scriptures uh, to find the book of Joshua, this would be a great time to do that. Uh, Joshua was not leading a pace group. He was not leading a medical practice. Uh, he was leading a country, a nation, the nation of Israel. And as we come into this election year, uh, I think it's appropriate to see godly examples of servant leadership from God's word because, unfortunately, uh, these biblical examples are a stark contrast to what we see uh, on our major news out outlets every night um, with the leadership that's coming in. Um, so the course of a nation... The course of our nation aside, the nation of Israel was about to come into the promised land after years of wandering, and God had been preparing Joshua to serve the people of Israel by leading them into this land. 
So uh, if you'd like to stand for the reading of God's word, we're going to read from Joshua 1, 1 through 6. Joshua 1, 1 through 6. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, into the land that I'm giving to them, to the people of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you just as I promised to Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites to the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Be courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Joshua 1, 1 through 6. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. So through the example of Joshua serving the people of Israel by leading them into the land promised by God, we must realize that we are also called to be servant leaders. Prepared and confident in our calling. So point number one, if you're taking notes. We need to be servant leaders. Moses was a servant leader. He was the leader of Israel. We see this in verse one, where it says, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord... We see right in that first section of verse 1, Moses, the leader of Israel, the one who brought God's people out of Egypt, he was a servant, a servant of God. And he was a great leader. He was one that in Deuteronomy called one of the greatest leaders of Israel. But, most importantly, he was a servant, a servant of God. Joshua was Moses' assistant, and he was a servant of God. Moses, it says, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Joshua was a servant. Great leaders of Israel clearly says in the scriptures that they were servants. It is clear from this passage that Joshua was the next leader of Israel and it's clear that he had an attitude of servitude. And we see throughout the book of Joshua the main theme that Joshua is choosing to serve the Lord. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Joshua had this attitude of service. He was called to be a servant leader of the nation. It is also very important to point out that Joshua's name uh, is what Jesus' name would be in Hebrew would be Yeshua, Joshua. And it means the same thing, the God who saves. 
So Moses was a leader. Joshua was a leader. Jesus, he came a leader to serve, a servant leader. Jesus means the one who came to save. He was a servant. If you go to Mark 10.45. Mark 10.45. You guys can flip there. Mark 10.45 reads, my daughter giving me an amen back there. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. So we see the Son of Man, the Son of God, did not come to be served, but came to serve. And even more, on top of that, gave his life as a ransom for many. So if Jesus, our ultimate example, came to serve, if Moses was a servant, if Joshua was a servant, how much more should we be servants in our life? How much more should we look for opportunities to be servant leaders? I am reminded of some great men um, in our world, whether you agree with them or not, or um, certainly we wouldn't follow some of these doctrines. The Pope, um, for example, coming from uh, Catholicism, would, uh, was known, I saw an article at one point, uh, was known to sneak out and go serve in a soup kitchen. The guy who drives around that Pope, well, he doesn't drive around, he sits in the back. That's how prominent he is. He sits in the back. Uh, world leaders bow before him. Uh, he gets uh, accepted Uh, wherever he goes, um, before kings and emperors and presidents, the Pope goes and serves in a soup kitchen. I uh, I was also reminded of our former president, uh, President Bush, who in 2003, uh, in the beginning of the Iraq war, surprised the troops by going over there and serving them on Thanksgiving. I was just watching uh, the video of it. It's Emotional even to watch. Um, surprising the troops, giving them gravy, giving them um, potatoes, serving them turkey, loving them, thanking them for their service. The leader of the free world serving soldiers who are serving themselves. What a wonderful example. If he can do that, if the Pope can do that, if our prominent evangelical leaders can do that, How much more can we do that? We must be servant leaders. And we need to realize that we all have influence. Whether it's ushering, whether it's singing, whether it's raising kids, grandkids, kids that you have adopted into your life formally or informally, or Working, walking down the street, interacting with family or friends. As Christians, we need to realize we are to be servants, influencing those around us for Christ. We are called to do this, each and every one of us. But what if we feel unprepared to 
to be a servant leader? What if we feel like I don't have much to give? Well, you do. Because God, number two, God has prepared you from your past in preparation to be a servant leader today and in the future. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant. Moses mentored Joshua. We need to remember the people in our lives. Moses mentored Joshua. Joshua was with Moses through it all. It is really neat to see how God sovereignly brought Israel into that promised land. Joshua Joshua certainly knew all that God did for the Israelites in freeing them and can look back to see how God worked. God put Moses in Joshua's life. We must remember the people that God has put into our lives. Who has discipled you? Who shared Christ with you? Who is sharing Christ with you? Who has mentored you through the years, like those men I was mentioning um, in the beginning of the sermon that have mentored me? Who are those people in your life? Remember those people, and it will prepare you as you look at their lives to serve others like they served you. We also must remember the experiences that God has brought us through. We must remember what God has brought us from. So these people who shared with us, these people who invested in us, We also must remember what experiences we were coming out of. What was your life like before Christ? What were some victories that God gave you in your life as a believer? What were things that you've been counseled through, that you've grown through, that you've learned from? Remember these things. And thirdly, we need to remember the teaching we have received. Remember the people, remember your past experiences, remember the teaching you've received. It's a privilege and honor to stand behind this pulpit here today, where Jason, every week, comes forward and preaches the gospel. And he does that through Corinthians, through various books that he works through. I really appreciate how he works through whole um, books of the Bible, gives us context for seeing what God is trying to say through uh, his word and through his Holy Spirit. But we've received so much teaching. Joshua, when he was with Moses, he saw Moses get the Ten Commandments. He was there on the mountain when Moses received the Ten Commandments. And he was there when Moses came down. And they saw the nation of Israel disobeying God. Joshua was there. He remembered the teaching. He knew it. Later on in this very passage, uh, Joshua, it, it, in, in Joshua 1, um, it talks about meditating on God's word, applying it to our lives. We need to just be bathing in the teaching of God's word. Remember the teaching that you have received. Remember Sunday schools that you've been to. Remember Bible studies that you've been to. Remember all these things. In 2 Peter 1.3 states, His divine power 
has granted us all things that pertain to life and godliness. God has given us, we all have it right in front of us, the scriptures. We have God's teaching to us. We should remember that. And that will prepare us to be servant leaders presently. And finally, God reminds us through his word that he is always with us. We are enabled to be servant leaders because God is with us. God reminds us that he has been with us before us and he is with us today. In verse 5 we read, No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you, nor will I forsake you. Look to those who have gone before you. Learn from God sustaining others through trials. Joshua saw Moses go through exceeding trials. He saw Moses go into the land of Egypt and call Pharaoh to release his people. He knew that that had happened. And Moses parted seas through the power of God. We see clearly that God was with Moses. God was with Israel. And God was going to be with Joshua as he went into the promised land. We see this very clearly. God says that we should be courageous because we know that he is with us. It reads in verse 3 through 6, Joshua 1, 3 through 6, Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you. Just as I promised to Moses from the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, the great sea, toward going down of the sun, shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to, uh, to their fathers to give them. We can be courageous because, just like Joshua had those great promises, we know that God has great promises for us. The nation of Israel was being promised a land. They were being promised a home, a land between the Hittites and, and the Egyptians, the, uh, Canaan. They had promised this land, and God said, I will be with you, and I will give that to you. Did it mean it was going to be easy? No. There's always going to be opposition. Ephesians 6, 10-13 says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the scheme of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, 
against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. We know that the authorities, the cosmic powers, spiritual forces of evil will come against us. They had to physically fight in the book of Joshua as they took the land. God provided for them. And God stood firm. Just like he says he will stand firm for us here in 2 Peter, he stood firm for Israel. We have courage because we know God is with us. And ultimately, Romans 8.31 says, What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? If we have Christ, then what can be done to us? What can be done to us? If I lose everything, I still have Christ. I remember some of the most trying times in my own life as, I'm, as I worked through my own sin, as I worked through hard times, as I worked through all these things. I was stripped down to the fact that if I have Christ, I have everything that I need. No matter if I lose my family, no matter if I lose my freedom, no matter if I lose whatever material thing I want, I have Christ and I am fulfilled in that. God is everything. Christ is everything. And that's all we need. And it's not to say that these things are trivial. It's not to say that our families are trivial. It's not to say that our churches, that our material goods are trivial. But we must know where our ultimate victory lies. And that lies solely in Christ. Joshua had to know that. (laughs) Had to know that God was where his ultimate hope had to lie. And the great thing about Joshua is he could look back and see Moses looking to God as well. Finding his full hope in God. Moses, one who maybe even had a speech impediment. But was calling Pharaoh to let my people go. Joshua going in against the Canaanites. Huge odds stacked against him, but in God's sovereignty, able to take the land. When you have that smart girl, that smart guy in your lab at school, you have confidence that you're going to get a good grade. Uh, When you have a star player on your team, you know that you're probably going to do pretty well. You have a lot of confidence. If you had Steve Jobs come over to Rockbound Computer, you know probably sales are going to go up. Obviously, Steve Jobs is not with us anymore, but, or maybe Bill Gates. Let's say Bill Gates because he's a Microsoft guy. Uh, Sales are probably going to go up. If you have uh, at Dow Furniture, where I work, if we had HGTV stars come in, like Chip and Joanna Gaines or something like that, sales are probably going to go through the roof. We, We know... When we have a star or a high performer with us, something's great going to happen. How much more should we have confidence when we have Christ in our corner? When we have the creator of the universe who says, I am going to be faithful to you, even though 
you're not going to always be faithful to me. How much more, how much more should we have confidence in being called to servant leadership? However big or small that task is, whether that's stepping into a role that seems to be minor, but is something that takes time, takes commitment, makes you uncomfortable, or whether that's a huge task, a job change, or stepping into a new church, or whatever that is, stepping into a new calling, or following whatever pursuit God has called you to do. If you know you have Christ, if you know the foundation of where your confidence lies, like Joshua had confidence, then it'll be, it'll be all right. It doesn't mean it's going to be easy. It doesn't mean you're not going to have persecution. But it means you can be a servant leader like our Savior was a certain servant leader, like Joshua was a servant leader, like Moses was a servant leader. So looking back through this passage, we see that God caused us all to be servant leaders. He called Moses to be a servant leader. He called called Joshua to be a servant leader. Jesus was a servant leader. We see that our past is preparation for our present calling to be servant leaders. We have people in our lives that we can remember. We have experiences that we've gone through. All these things preparing us to serve others, to love others. And then we have confidence to be servant leaders because we know we have God on our side. We know we have Christ. In my own life, I can see how God has prepared me and is continually calling me to be a servant leader. Uh, When I was seven years old, God saved me. And how did he do that? Well, he sent uh, a group of young men uh, from uh, Word of Life Bible Institute in upstate New York with their founder. And they came and they served our chapel. They shared the gospel with us. They sang. They had games. They had all these things. And I have no doubt that any one of those young men, they could have been off doing whatever they wanted. They have gone to any school. They could have uh, been doing whatever they wanted. But they chose at that moment to serve our congregation, to share with a little seven-year-old at a youth rally the gospel. But, praise God. God used that young man to share the gospel with me that I might respond to his word and that I might be saved. And at that moment, I didn't have any excuses. Yeah, I was seven years old. I didn't have a huge amount of experience in my back pocket. Didn't come out of a biker gang or anything like that. I was just a little seven-year-old on a military base. But I did know what right and I did know what wrong were. I knew I understood sin. I understood sin. I needed to understand sin in order to respond to the gospel, understand my need for a savior. And I was saved. So even that small amount of experience, even looking back at my past, was enough to make me realize I need to do, emulate what this young man was doing with me. 
Even more, I had parents, godly parents, who loved me, who had testimonies, who had been saved years earlier. And I could learn from their past experiences. I could learn from their discipleship. I could learn from all that they had gone through. And I'm not saying that I became this great servant leader when I was seven years old. God uh, weaned me and um, uh, brought me into repentance repeatedly, still does to this day, grew me through the years. But your age is not an excuse, whether you're seven or you're 70. Every Christian should be a servant leader. You all here should be servant leaders. Where are you in your life and where can you be leading in, ser- in, in service? Is it your job? Is it ministries at the church? Your family? Your friends? I encourage you to connect with other believers here. Connect with the deacons. Connect with mature believers to, to find out how best you can grow in this. We are all called to it. I have been called to it on a daily basis. I know for me, one of the big things is in my own family to be discipling, to be sharing the gospel, to be leading. And all these principles apply. All these principles apply. I'm reminded of that runner again, running that race ahead of me (laughs) the whole time, that pace runner. He understood what servant leadership was all about. Though he may not have been a Christian, he may have had different motivations and whatnot. So he didn't fully understand, but he was emulating it to me. Where in your life Can you emulate that to other believers? So, in conclusion, you are all called to be servant leaders, just like Joshua was. Your past is preparation for serving now and serving in the future. And you can have confidence, complete confidence, that God is going to provide for you in whatever he calls you to whether that's serving here in, in um, South Thomaston, Maine, in whatever capacity, or that's being called to the mission field for the glory of God to reach the nations. Whatever that is, you can be a servant leader. So I encourage you, we don't have small groups tonight or whatnot, but just go home, speak with your family, speak with your friends, find encouragement in the body, and figure out how best you can do that. I have a, another sermon that actually last fall I was uh, going to preach, but I was sick. That was when I had pneumonia. Um, and it's actually the next part uh, of this passage, Joshua 1, uh, 1 through 6 here, and then 7 and 9, how you can do that going forward. How, how can you do that? Application, talking, communing, discipling, uh, working with one another, but meditating on God's word. Reading, meditating, and obeying God's word. So that would be my exhortation to you today. Go forth. Remember what God has done in your life. 
apply it, serve others, serve the church, and grow in your faith. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your goodness to us here today. I thank you for providing abundantly for us. I thank you for uh, Joshua. I thank you for working in his life 3,000 years ago that we might learn from it, that we might glean from it, that we might be able to learn from him being called and him being obedient and him remembering what you've done in his life and him having confidence in you. Father, I thank you that your word is always true and is always beneficial to us. And I ask that as we go forward that this congregation here would be reminded of your word, of your goodness. And I ask that you just help us all to be servant leaders in our life as Christ has called us to be, as Christ was the ultimate example to us in. Father, please be gracious with us. Please help us in that. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.